feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. Welcome to episode 11. This episode is a super fun interview with a really old friend of mine who is not at all into astrology, but she does have some formal training in astronomy. So I got to really pick her brain and ask some questions that I was wanting to know about how astrology and astronomy compare because astrology does use astronomy, but in some ways, um, as a person who wants to be true to what is scientifically accurate or um, at least not just completely butcher what is scientifically accurate, um, it was fun to learn some of that stuff, to get to ask some of those questions to somebody who has a undergraduate and master's degree in physics and astronomy. And also, she's been one of my friends for a really long time. We talk about this a little bit on the show about how we were super dorks in high school together. We took like physics and calculus and orchestra together in high school but also side note behind the cover art because I think it's you know it's like funny if you don't know what's happening in the cover art that's a photo from when I went down to where she lives where she works on the giant telescope now which we're not disclosing because she doesn't want her work thinking that she's she doesn't want anybody thinking that she's speaking for her work that's why you won't see her last name or we're not actually going to say where she works but trust us she works on a place called an observatory. It's a big ass telescope. She works with a lot of astronomers and I went there to see it um, a couple summers ago. There was a total solar eclipse and you know you can only see total solar eclipse uh, some places in the world. You can't see them from everywhere in the world when they happen but eclipses happen you know every summer and um, in the winter as well. We call it eclipse season. If you're into astrology you might be familiar with that but we went down and actually got to watch a total solar eclipse, not the one that she brought up in the podcast that happened in North Carolina, but I watched that one too when you could see a total solar eclipse. And then after that, we were just eclipse chasing. And so that's Mariah and I when I was about six months pregnant um, with our eclipse glasses ready to watch a total solar eclipse. So I got to pick her brain and I hope you really enjoy some of the things that I learned, get to learn some new things about how astronomy and astrology compare. And I just, so to preface the episode a little bit more, the reason this is so important to me, um, my family has this saying, I don't know if like my uncle made it up or if it comes from somewhere else, but I just always associate it with my uncle. He's a lawyer and it's a thing that he says a lot. Um, If you can't baffle them with your brilliance, befuddle them with your bullshit. So just let that sink in for a second. If you can't baffle them with your brilliance, befuddle them with your bullshit. And I think sometimes spiritual stuff can get a little new agey and it can get into that, um, you know, just mystify people. That's a lot of astrology, I think, um, or that's what people associate with astrology, that I'm trying to like befuddle you with my bullshit, but I'm not. And I'm trying to stay in the realm of being grounded by science. That's like the whole idea behind the show. Like I'm into astrology and I'm into spiritual stuff, but I'm also into science and evidence and research and staying true to that. 
Um, so I just want you to know that that phrase is kind of in the background of, of everything I try to do, especially related to this podcast, like, um, or I guess I should say the opposite of that phrase. So just know that I'm never trying to befuddle you with bullshit. Um, maybe I won't baffle you with my brilliance. I don't know. I don't like actually think I'm, you know, anything special brilliant wise. I am like decently book smart. You know, I have some credentials behind me, but, um, I'm just trying to highlight, you know, themes and patterns and in life and in business and in relationships, you know, um, kind of all the areas of wellness, if you will, uh, the dimensions of wellness, I'm trying to highlight themes and patterns that I've noticed and do it in a way that I think might be helpful and uplifting to people because it sure is helpful and uplifting to me. And I just want to share that, you know, I'm not trying to befuddle anybody with bullshit. When I talk about astrology, um, I just think they're helpful archetypes. Uh, I'm going to keep like belaboring this point that because it's kind of the idea of the whole show, you know, between that astrology and yoga are just helpful systems for me to um, know myself, know how how I operate in the world, learn patterns, um, patterns that play out in my life and that play out in society and history and culture. And it's just a system, it's just a framework to look at that. That's astrology and then yoga is the, the piece for mind, body and connection for creating resilience. And so those are the two frameworks that I use. Um, and I know that it can seem a little, you know, when I get, when I start talking about, you know, astrology concepts, it can seem a little bit on the befuddle you with bullshit side. And that's not what I'm trying to do. So um, all that is to say, that's why I'm really excited about this episode to get to interview a friend of mine that knows a lot about astronomy. You know, she's not an astronomy and she describes, or she's not an astronomer and she describes a little bit about um, what it means to be an actual astronomer, like what you have to do to gain that title. Um, But she does know a lot more than I do about astronomy and I study astrology, which means I study astronomy by proxy. Um, She knows a lot more than I do. She knows a lot more than, I guess, the average person about astronomy, and she does have some credentials um, to where that what she's teaching you is like, you know, she didn't just make it up. So with that said, we'll get into this interview. We get to learn a little bit about the difference between some West, some astrology systems like Western astrology versus Vedic astrology, which is the system I use. Western astrology is the system largely used in the U.S. Vedic astrology is the system that I use. So we explore uh, the differences between those two systems and how they diverge or are similar to actual astronomy and physics. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Science of Light. Today, I am joined by a really old friend of mine, Mariah. Mariah is basically an astronomer. I don't know if that's your, that's not your job title, right? But 
but you have like pretty much like a degree kind of in astronomy. Uh, what's that yeah, like? So, so I have an undergraduate degree in physics and astronomy, but I wouldn't say I'm an astronomer. I work beside astronomers and I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as them. I'm actually an electronics engineer and I work at an observatory. So I work with a lot of PhD astronomers. And I feel ah. like in the whole world of astronomy, you really don't get to claim the title of an astronomer until you have a PhD in astronomy because like the undergrad just scratches the surface. You really don't learn ah. that much. You just learn a lot of technical terms. Right. Okay, cool. So Mariah and I go way back. We um, took like physics class in high school together. Uh, we were like super nerdy. Mariah got me to take orchestra with her because I played violin, but never like in the orchestra so we were in orchestra together we took physics and calculus um so our our nerding super, out together yeah it goes way back like what, that's like 10 years ago now oh my gosh we're old um i know <laughs> yeah so but now uh mariah works on a bit of giant telescope is what an observatory is basically it's a big ass telescope and we went there and it was super cool um but so when i announced this podcast mariah was like oh that's cool i used to teach a class uh about the differences between astronomy and astrology so i'm like really excited to pick your brain about that today yeah i'm excited to talk about it because honestly it's something that i enjoy talking about because i like i'm not like, well, so I don't follow astrology. I'm kind of, I guess you could say like a critic of astrology. But at yeah. the same time, I understand using astrology or any type of personality type um, classification in self-exploration. And I get that. Yeah. And I get that people use it for that sense. Um, so, so I don't, like with everything that I'm saying, I don't mean to put anyone like down and be like, you shouldn't be using this as self-exploration tool. I'm just going to kind of talk about the difference between the science, like astronomy versus astrology. Well, I'm excited about that because um, that's totally what I use it as, is like just, just as a self-exploration tool. And I've found it to be like oddly accurate, but I'm in my head, I'm like, you know, obviously I took all these physics and stuff classes too. And I'm like, I don't really, the, the math doesn't add up of like, do the planets actually, you know, the moon pulls the ocean, blah, blah, blah. But like, do the planets actually affect us? And I'm like, I don't care for my personal purposes. I don't care if they do. I think it's just like interesting. There's they're on cycles, right. And they go through the same cycles. Every, each planet has like different amount lengths of time. Right. And it's like, we can kind of link that up and live our life in cycles. And it's just something to like ground to, I guess for me, that's the way I approach it. But, and so with that in mind, I was like, when I made, when I was choosing the name for this show, the science of light, I'm like, people are going to think I'm talking about like optics or something. <laughs> um, and I'm <laughs> not, that's kind of true. So, but, but so like with refraction that in mind, and reflection. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, I'm excited to actually get into some of the actual astronomy of it, because that's another reason I chose to study um, Vedic astrology over Western astrology, which is what most people in the U.S. use uh, Western astrology, like the sun sign. You read your sun sign horoscope in the newspaper or whatever, um, because West or Vedic astrology uses a zodiac system that's closer to astronomically accurate. But I, I still don't think it's like actually astronomically accurate but it's 
but it is more. Did you like, do you know anything about that or? Yeah. So before we met, I had a chance to kind of look a little bit into the astrology that you look into. Um, yeah. I think it's Vedic. Is, I don't yeah. want to pronounce it wrong. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, so I did a quick Google search. Honestly, I didn't put as much time into it as I probably should have to be able to talk on it. So I figured any discrepancies, I would just ask you to clarify. Totally. Uh, but what I did understand is, so so this class that you referenced at the beginning of the podcast is this, as a grad student, I taught astronomy labs because a lot of times when you're a grad student, you teach different labs. And I was super yeah. lucky to get to teach astronomy labs instead of physics labs because astronomy yeah. labs are so much cooler. Like, let's be honest, totally. it's so much more fun. Yeah. Um, and one lab that we always did was, okay, we're going to have everybody sit down and use this um, program called Stellarium. And for anyone who's listening, it's a really awesome program. I'd look at getting it for your computer. If you're interested in an easy way to see where the stars, where the planets, where um, specific uh, celestial um, objects are going to be at, at a certain time of the day. And you could even look up your zodiac sign because you could change the year and everything. It's going to show you in a certain location on Earth. And it's going to show you exactly what the stars are going to look like in that location on Earth. Um, I've used it before for, um, eclipses because it's really helpful because you can see like the perfect place to go if you want to view like a solar ah. eclipse, like we had one in North Carolina a few years ago and you can yeah. see just how long that eclipse will last because all the math that's behind the software on this is accurate. So it's, it's really helpful. I'm, I'm not partnered in any way with Stellarium. I just really yeah. like the program. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you guys want to use it. Obviously, nice. I have no partnerships because I'm no one. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I'm somebody. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, so, so what we would do in this lab is we would have all the students, we'd start off with them using this program, Stellarium, put in their birth date, their birth time, and, um, you know, their birth year and see what constellation the sun is in. And for about 80% of the class, the sun was in a constellation that's not the same as their zodiac sign. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of like, especially people that really, really like zodiac, some of them took it kind of hard hitting because they were like, oh my God, my yeah. entire life is a lie. <laughs> like, people you know? do that with Vedic astrology too, because it's like a different, it uses, so it, factors in the precession of the equinoxes maybe you're going to get there I don't know but that's like the main difference between the zodiac system that these two different systems use and some people are like yeah they really identify with that sign and then anyway yeah but I think yeah, we're on exactly. the same track like Vedic astrology it uses the astronomically precise system as far as so I know. from what I understand looking into Vedic astronomy it, like it to me, it's, 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 it's maybe a step in the right direction, but there's still yeah. differences of what is actually in the sky versus what they're saying is what's happening. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to actually go through and check every single horoscope, but I'm going to assume, or not horoscope, sorry, but, um, you know, zodiac constellation. But yeah. I'm going to assume that some of them are off. And the reason why some of them are off is because what I understand from what I researched I would say very lightly researched yeah. <laughs> um, before talking to you today. And maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's only 12 constellations that Vedic astronomy accounts for. Is that correct? Yeah. So it uses the same 12 that Western astrology uses. So the same ones that you're familiar with, um, you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, all the way through 
to Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, all of those, it uses all of those 12, but it also uses a system called nakshatras, which is the Sanskrit word for like lunar mansions, which there's 108 of. So it divides up the sky even more than constellations. And if you study under like an actual Indian, um, like traditional, more traditional, uh, Vedic astrologer because it comes from India. So if you if you get to a more traditional teacher, they focus on the lunar mansions, the nakshatras way more. Um, and in the United States, we kind of just focus on the signs a little. Like you know, we'll use the nakshatras, but we say things by the signs because that's what people are familiar with and used to. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know much about the lunar mansions, but. Speaking specifically just about zodiac constellations, there's actually a 13th constellation. This is one that always throws astrology kind of off whack if they're yeah. not um, accounting for this one. And that's Ophiuchus. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. But the sun I've heard is of it, so. Yeah. I, yeah. So to understand zodiac constellations, you kind of have to understand what are we talking about. And we're talking about the constellations that fall upon the ecliptic. And the ecliptic is the apparent motion of the sun and the moon and the planets um, with respect to Earth. It's kind of like we're on this little right. space vessel Earth and we're looking out and we're moving, right? So and yeah. there's also these other things in our solar system that are moving as well. And we're all going about the same thing, which is the sun. So, so we kind of see on this plane, we see the planets, we see the moon that are all more or less on this plane, the moon's like a few degrees off, you know, certain planets are a few degrees off, we're not on the same exact plane, but the sun is what is like right on the ecliptic. And that's what we base the zodiac ah. constellations off of. So we see the sun in all these different constellations, as the sun, you know, uh, revolves about, I mean, the earth revolves about the sun, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but her. from our perspective, but, um, the sun's revolving about. Yeah. And so that's what astrology is based on is like where things, not where they actually physically are in space, but where they appear to be from our perspective from earth, which is why yeah. astrologers ask for like where you were born, because I, I don't exactly. think it changes much, very much, but it does change, right? Yeah, so what you're talking about looking outwards is what we call apparent motion. So from mm -hmm. the Earth, it looks like, you know, these stars are moving, but really, I mean, stars are moving, right? Because their universe is expanding. But really, the motion, we're not seeing that motion. That would be right. Unless we're talking about, like, uh, using telescopes and science and a lot of hardcore math to talk about right. that type of motion. But just with your naked eye and you go outside, what you see is what we call apparent motion. And that's us moving about our solar system. Um, so, so yeah, so when you go to different points of the Earth, you're going to see these stars at different um, at different angles, essentially. So, I mean, this mm. opens up a whole nother can of worms. Um, so, for example, I lived in Alaska for quite some time. So that's almost close to the North Pole. So the way that Earth moves about its own axis, you know, it's rotating about its own mm -hmm. axis. If I'm on the North Pole, no stars are going to rise and set. That's what we call circumpolar ah. stars is when they don't rise or set. And the reason why is because my perspective, looking up, if I'm at the North Pole, then there's not this rising setting because I'm on a ball, essentially, that's just spinning yeah. at its own axis, right? Right. Yeah, so that's like my perspective looking up at the stars. 
Um, and, and so it's no matter where you go on earth, you're going to have this different perspective of looking at the stars and you're going to have different constellations right now. I live in South America. Um, so I actually have, there's, there's certain stars that you can't see in North America because it's at the South pole, right. And it's the angle of the ball that I'm looking at and I can look down and see the Southern star. Um, but, and but I can't see Polaris, which is the North star in the North pole. So ah. these are the differences. Yeah. Um, but well, it's kind of like less though, the sun is still going to be in those same Zodiac constellations from uh, anywhere you're at on earth. Okay. Maybe, a, maybe there is a small difference in angle, but I don't think so. But I'm also not an expert in astronomy. This is all for my undergrad <laughs> education. So yeah, well, you're way more of an expert than I am or probably any of the listeners. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the idea is like we're just sharing, you know, what we know. And there are obviously there's tons of people that know more than we do. But um, but I think it's valuable. Like, yeah. I really want to understand this from the astronomical perspective. So, like, I'm just interested in it. Like, I just think it's interesting. And that's one of the things I like about astrology is like, it makes you like an armchair astronomer and an armchair economist and an armchair historian because you're like, oh, I'm going to look at the patterns and how they've played out like now and in the past. And we're just going to study, you know, it's just like, it's like a hobby to study all these things with the astrology as the frame of reference. Um, So yeah, I think it's a valuable conversation. So that's like, um, so actually like I looked up your birth chart before this and I looked up uh I wasn't sure if you were born in Alaska or wherever so I I tried a few different like um places for where you were born and it didn't change it much so that's what I was like you know I'm fascinated to know or all the places I tried were like in the United States because I I knew you were at least born in the United States but um I tried like a place I tried like Raleigh in North Carolina and Alaska and it didn't really change your birth chart that much. But um, yeah, I love to gain a deeper understanding of like where uh, kind of what it means, like actually in space, the the constellations. I think maybe it would change in this um, system that you're talking about, the Vedic astrology, because it's mm-hmm. not looking just at the sun's path. So the sun's path is going to be... So in astronomy, we have like two different ways that you can reference stars and paths. And one is um, what we call, um, oh, now I'm blanking, the equatorial system. And that's yeah. like where it's it's pretty much what like latitude and longitude projected onto the celestial sphere. Um, ah. And we have special words for it in astronomy. We have right ascension and declination. Um, declination for latitude and right ascension for longitude. And this system's great because with this system, you can travel to any place on earth and still be referencing the same thing. Cause you would say, uh, right ascension, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, declination, blah, blah, blah. You're going to see the star no matter where you are, unless you can't physically uh, see it because you know, you're on the Southern hemisphere trying to look at the North star, which is impossible. Right. Um, but but then there's another way that like field astronomers can refer to stars, and that's just using um, your altitude, which is just from your horizon looking up 90 degrees, and uh-huh. your azimuth, which is just zero to 360, just you turning around. So this is a horiz- like a horiz- 
horizon, I don't know, horizon system or horizon system. Yeah. And, and you just have like this kind of globe around you and this changes obviously anywhere you go on the earth because you're going to, you know, if I'm on the North pole, right at my Zenith, which by the way, is just a fancy way for us saying what's right above your head in astronomy is going to be a North star, you know? So I'm going to be like, Oh, look at your Zenith. Well, it'll be a little bit off because the North Star isn't directly at the North Pole. It's a little bit off, but that's, you know, whatever. And then if you go down to the South Pole, I would say the Zenith and there would be something else there. So so that changes no matter where you are on Earth. So maybe that's why they maybe it's just the way that they're referring to things. And that's why, you know, you want to know where you're located um, at this time, because maybe they're not using the equatorial system, which would remain true and true no matter where you're at on Earth, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Although I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what they're using. But I've always wondered that, too, because I'm like, you know, I'm not that super deep in studying astrology. I'm probably deeper into it than like your average person. But um, I wouldn't say I'm like one of the I've only been studying it for like a year heavily. You know what I mean? And uh, but I, one thing I do know is they're always like, you have all of the signs in like, you know, your birth chart is like the entire sky astrologers always say, but I've always wondered that I'm like, well, I know just from like my own life, I'm like, you can see in the Northern hemisphere where I am, you can see Orion, the constellation Orion in the wintertime, but you can't see it in the summertime. So I'm like, I know that, that the constant, we can't see all of the constellations always so I guess what astrology is using yeah. is like um just where you know even if the constellation is actually viewable from the other side of the earth it's like what would still be there planets wise um but yeah. yeah so you're talking about the sun moves along um the ecliptic the ecliptic yeah I was like okay so the sun moves along that and so that's the other planets also move along that and yeah so 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 everything um so so actually the the word ecliptic came from the fact that we get eclipses if i'm speaking correctly and the reason why Mm -hmm. is the fact that the earth the moon and the sun are all on the same ecliptic more or less the moon's like a little bit off but i mean the earth is tilted so so when the moon the earth and um, the sun all align on the ecliptic with either the moon between the sun and the earth or the moon on the outside and the earth between the moon and the sun, we get an eclipse. And depending on the pattern, it's either a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse. And then hence the birth of the word ecliptic as well, Um, because we're starting to figure out that all of these um, celestial spheres, I guess we can call them, are on the same plane, at least the ones in our solar system and the ones that we call planets. And we also have dwarf planets, which gets into a whole nother thing. But <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so the sun is moving on what we call the ecliptic from the earth. What This is what we call apparent motion because it looks like the sun is, um, you know, moving around us, but we know this mm-hmm. was um, discovered, you know, way Galileo back went through all of it. That yeah. is actually us. <laughs> Yeah, we're moving around the sun. Um, and what astrology is trying to say is that when the, what, from what I understand, is when the sun is in a certain constellation, uh, 
and you were born on that day, then that kind of helps makes up your personality or the person you're going to yeah. be. But the main differences we point out of where, I mean, this could happen, sure. But the problem with the astrology that a lot of people practice is that it's not astronomically accurate. So if you're going to say mm. that, okay, well, my personality is based off of this, well, well, we, we at least be astronomically accurate about the position of the sun yeah. at that time. Because a lot of times it's it's not. And that's why we do this whole stellarium exercise, because you'll find mm. that, oh, wow, this is not what my sign is supposed to be. So, yeah. so the one thing that throws it off, one of them, is the 13th constellation, Ophiuchus. And the sun actually passes through Ophiuchus for like, I don't know, maybe around 18 days. So like a substantial amount yeah. of time that's going to yeah, shift. Yeah all the rest of the zodiacs. Um, also, another thing that kind of messes up zodiac signs is that they say that the sun is in each constellation the same amount of time. That's not true because all of these constellations are different sizes. So you're going to have the sun in like a smaller constellation and it's just going to be there for a few days. And then you're going to have a sun in a larger constellation and it's going to be there for like over a month. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that also messes up what actually is your sign. Um, and that was something I wanted to see with Vedic astrology. Yeah. Is So in my quick little search, I wanted to see what boundaries they were putting on the dates. And I realized that they were using the same time span. So that was like a red mm-hmm. flag to me. I was like, well, yeah. Like from an astronomy point of view, that's not really accurate. The sun occupies these spaces for different amount of times. Mm. So that would well, that's be good to my know. second point. Yeah, because yeah. I like <laughs> some of the teachers that I study with, um, they are always saying that the sidereal zodiac, which is the name of the zodiac rather than the tropical zodiac, which is what Western astrology uses, um, Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac and they're always saying that it's um uh astronomically accurate and from what I've seen it's still like uh it's like a few degrees off but it's pretty close and so it's a lot closer but it's still not exactly right and but so that's like I kind of weigh that out and I'm like well I'm still going to study the system because I still see a lot of value in it as like a just a self-study tool. And like, so I, the reason I even got into it in the first place is like, I would theme my yoga classes that I teach often around like the new moon and the full moon, you know, and that's just a cycle that's like, I don't know that the new moon or the full moon, like actually affects people. You know, I've heard teachers say that their classrooms are like crazy on the full moon or like people drive crazy. And maybe it's just you notice it, like just something to pay attention to. But I'm like, it just gives me like once a month, it's a new moon and I set goals for the next month. And once a month, it's a full moon. And I think about what I can like let go of, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just a pattern to pay attention to, to kind of sync my life up to, because apparently a calendar is not good enough for me. <laughs> you know, I like, <laughs> so that's the reason I like it. But um so that brings up another, I don't know if you might not have the answer to this and it's okay. Cause I didn't like tell you, I was going to ask you though about this, but do you know, there's a thing that, so both Western and Vedic astrology use called the nodes of the moon and they have different names for it. But basically it's from my understanding, it's the points on that path where the moon is when eclipses happen, both solar and lunar. And so one of them is the point is that always the same? 
the same point. Yeah. So, um, let me think about this. Now I have to think about uh, yeah. geometry of the solar system in my head. But yeah, I, I think yeah. I think it is. I would have to. This is again. I'm not an expert in astronomy. I'm just an undergrad, and anyone else who has gotten their undergrad in anything would know that yeah. it doesn't make you an expert in a subject unless you go into totally. it um, and yeah. like later on. Um, so, so from what I understand, I would say yes, uh, it is because you have to have it in very specific points to be able to get these uh, phenomenons of the solar mm-hmm. and lunar eclipses. So I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I like, again, this would be something I'd have to look up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, but that's from, from my understanding from what people teach about astrology is that they have these names and they're like the points where eclipses happen. And I was just like, is that even true? You know, (laughs) but because that's how my mind works about it. And I'm going to go around teaching people this maybe or at least using it as a, a, a basis for basically motivational interviewing is what an astrology reading is, is like, we're going to use it as like each, each one of these things, like the nodes of the moon, for example, and each planet, each sign has, it's basically like a symbol or an archetype um, for a different characteristic or area of life. And we're going to, I'm going to ask you about how this characteristic influences this area of your life and maybe it resonates, maybe it doesn't, but it's just, you know, it's just a different way to like get thinking about life and who we are and stuff. So is there anything else about astrology uh, that you kind of taught in your class or want to bring up? I guess though. So there are, I do see people always say like online, they're like, Oh, you know, this planet's in retrograde. I'm really feeling it. And that has always thrown me for a loop because I'm just like, I just don't understand why retrograde would be a bad thing. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Cause again, we're talking about the apparent motion of, of planets with respect to earth. So, so let's just even talk about what retrograde is. So yeah, let's do because normal motion. Mercury yeah. just went out of retrograde yesterday. As of when we're <laughs> recording this, this is going to go out in probably like a week or so, but um but did yeah did you feel any different was there was there something well, that like felt off you in know, your life because of it it's funny because I'm like so they always say that it causes like technical difficulties or communication breakdowns so I'm like I'm just gonna like proofread my emails an extra time and I was like having trouble I had some technical difficulties and I'm like that darn mercury retrograde but then I was having technical difficulties this morning trying to sign into this virtual interview and I'm like hey mercury retrograde is supposed to be over you know but it's and then some people are like oh that's the shadow period and you get into that and it's like I don't know I just (laughs) approach it as like um it's just when that happens I'm going to right now I'm going to pay extra attention to how I communicate and then I'll do that for two or three weeks and while it's happening and then it'll be over and I'll be paying attention to something else and then it'll happen again. And it's just a cycle that I think up, you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like people also say that when mercury retrograde happens, you should like clean out your closet and your house and donate stuff and whatever. It's like a time to do that. And so I'm like, that's fine. I don't know if it's actually like, if I should actually be doing that because of the apparent motion of the planets, but I'm going to do it because I should do it like two or three times a year anyway. And that's, when how often mercury retrograde happens you know what I mean so it's just for me that's how I approach it as like it just gives me something it's like a reminder an extra reminder that I don't have to like 
plan out and think about it ahead of time because it's just going to happen and I can just pay attention to it. You know what I mean? But yeah, can we talk about yeah, more yeah, of totally. the astronomy so, of it? <laughs> yeah, well, so so what we're talking about with retrograde motion is like, I mean, the analogy people always use is that you're in a car and like you're driving on the highway and you pass someone. So like when you're coming up on them, they look like they're in front of you, you get by them and it looks like you guys are on the same path and then you get Mm -hmm. past them and then you're like looking back at them. So it almost looks like they're moving backwards. It's the same thing Mm. with planets. So they're moving the path that they're supposed to be because we're all, you know, I don't have like an image to show. So, and I'm really bad at explaining visual things, but you know, we're all traveling around the sun on different paths, on different ellipses is what we call them in astronomy because they're not perfectly circular paths, right? right? Yeah. And, and that is the reason why we actually pass these and earth, it looks like earth is essentially that car in that scenario where we're passing these other drivers. So it looks like they're falling back and that's retrograde motion. Um, and eventually we'll catch up again. And that's going to look like, you know, um, Mars is for example, ahead of us, we're coming up on it. We're coming up on it ahead of us. And then in sky, we're going to see it just turn around and start going the opposite way, which is like super bizarre, especially if you didn't understand retrograde motion um, back when, you know, planets were first discovered and planets were actually the word planet. I think it's Greek or I'm going to say Greek, but I might be totally wrong. But I do remember that the word comes from um, the meaning wanderer. So planets have always been known as wanderers in the night sky um, because, you know, stars follow this very direct path predictable we always see it and then you see these planets that are not moving on that same path as the stars because they're in our solar system and stars are distant background things so Ah. um, so we're actually seeing the motion of the planets themselves versus with stars you know we don't really see the motion of the stars we see the motion of ourselves yeah about the stars that's interesting um so so my thing with that is like, why, why us like, you know, passing a planet in our little racetrack going to cause like all this chaos? Like, I just don't really yeah. get like why that would even be linked to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, kind so, of my so thing. With, I just don't get it. Yeah. With like the Western astrology too. And I'm like, you know, there are people that do it well when they approach it kind of in a similar way that I do, where they're just like, this is just a good way to kind of sync your life up to some cycle that you don't really have to think about um, because it's happening anyway. And these we just make up meanings for these patterns, right, basically. Um, and when you attach meaning to something and really live in like intention with that, it does start to affect your life, you know. Um, that's a psycho- psychology concept, basically, like, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, kind of. Um, but yeah, I just, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know that it necessarily does cause chaos. But I think, oh, yeah, with like Western astrology, it's like some people do it well. They do, and you know, I'm not like trying to hate on Western astrology because they're just as like woo-woo as I am, um, you know, but I do think that the culture around Western astrology is often people want to use it as like, oh, I'm just distant because I'm whatever such and such. Or like, I was really rude to you because Mercury's in retrograde. And it's like, no, no, that we're not doing that. You know, we're using it as a a tool (laughs) to like, 
to know yourself so that you can ever overcome those things. There's just the culture difference between Vedic astrology and Western astrology that I've experienced is that Vedic astrology is like, we're going to use this as a tool to understand what we might be up against so that we can best, you know, in the, to use the terms that they use, like, like resolve your karma or unpack your karma or like break the cycles, right? So that you can consciously know what you need to work on and, you know, take it or leave it, right? And Western astrology is very much more like, um, like, oh, I was born this way because of the stars. So like, I'm just going to be this way. I've seen a lot of people use it that way. I don't know that actual like astrologers do that, but some people that, you know, people that call themselves astrologers, I think they're probably approaching it in much in a way of like, this is a way to get to know yourself and to sync your life up to cycles so that you can just live a better life. Um, but so can you, like now that kind of leads us into, I like to look at all the other systems that people use as a tool for that. So, so far on this podcast, we've looked at like Myers-Briggs, we've looked at a system called Life Purpose, and you use Enneagram, which I know nothing about. So can you speak on that a little bit? Okay. So I don't know like so much about Enneagram to be honest, but last year I kind of got into it because my friend was super into it. And you know, yeah, that's how these things always go. You know, you have a friend and they're like, ah, oh, check this out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Enneagram, there's like, there's nine different types of personalities essentially. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, Again, I'm not even an expert in this because I just kind of dabble. I'm a dabbler, per se, yeah. of all things. Anyways, um, so so there's nine different personality types, and you pretty much just take a test, kind of like the um, the Briggs. What is it called? The Myers Briggs. Um, the other one, Myers Briggs. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like the Myers Briggs because you you self examine, you know what you think you are like in certain situations mm-hmm. and, and in society and how, so they ask very specific questions like, you know, do you prefer um, staying at home or going out, you know, or do when you're in this type of situation, how do you react? Uh, do you find a lot more often that you're always on the defense, um, things like that. And so you have to be honest with yourself when you're taking these quizzes, because if you're not honest with yourself and you're just projecting who you want to be, then you're not going to get accurate results. Right. Mm. So it could still be very misleading, I think. Um, yeah. So and that's kind of hard because you sit back and you're like, well, is this how I really react in this situation or is this how I wish I would react in this situation? You know, mm. um, and I think with these self um, tests, you can sometimes get skewed results because of that. Um, I think it's maybe, maybe it would be worth it to like go over your results with someone like a friend and see yeah. if they see your, you the same way that you see you. And they can kind of be like, totally. okay, yeah, this is, this is pretty spot on. But so anyway, the idea so of- behind astrology readings though, is like, cause that was a critique that Cecil had. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to the episode, astrology for people with LinkedIn profiles, he's into the Myers-Briggs and he's like, well, it's it takes the subjectivity out of it because it, or it, not the subjectivity out of it, but it, he's like, because it's not just arbitrary. He's like it, you input like your answers, but that's a point he didn't bring up about how you can kind of lie to yourself basically, or wishfully think. And so that's why I think astrology, it's like, yeah, maybe the planets don't affect us, but it's going to spit out your birth chart and your astrologer is going to be like your friend in this scenario and be like, well, is this the thing for you? And it's a little bit harder to like, you know, 
you it I don't know it's just a different angle anyway keep going sorry wanted to throw that out there <laughs> yeah I mean that <laughs> yeah that doesn't I understand what you're saying like you're like yeah. okay well so this is what you are accept it but I feel like so this would be right. my question in astrology if you are telling someone their chart could they be like well actually no like I don't I don't vibe with that I don't think that's who I am like how do you go about that see the way that works is usually almost always there's like two like multiple meanings two plus meanings for each thing and it's like so each sign has like a whole list of kind of like keywords that that sign might represent right and then if you have say a planet in that sign that planet has a whole list of keywords and it can represent um they can represent multiple things and then when you get into like putting them together it can represent multiple things so then it's just like the way I approach it when I'm doing like readings for people I'm like well so let's say you have this one planet in your second house, which represents finances. And I'm going to be like, so what are your finances like? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, it just gets people talking about that area. Right. You know? And so it's like, maybe they don't resonate with something that I say, but it gets them talking about what they do resonate with. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally, and that's where I'm like, I, I have mixed feelings about astrology because with astrology, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, a lot of the astronomical concepts are kind of a little bit wrong. So, and it depends yeah. on which, which system you're using. Cause I have, I have met some people where I've done this class with them as a grad student and they've told me like, oh no, like my system has Ophiuchus and it has varying dates. So it actually goes along with like the actual sun motion through the Zodiac constellation. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. Well then, yeah. I mean, keep using it. I mean, because it's yeah. scientifically accurate. I mean, I don't really agree with like the origin of personality, but if that's what you agree with on the origin of personality, I'm also not religious. I'm not going to go tell people yeah. that their religions are wrong, you know, because yeah. like that it's, would be like really, because who am I to be right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so that's pretty messed up to do. Um, so, so the only thing, the only beef I have with astrology is like, as long as they're using the correct motions of things in space mm. that they're basing their beliefs off of I'm like okay that's that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with it because at least I know you're you, you know a little bit of astronomy too you're not basing it all just off of astrology you know yeah totally. um but but with the Enneagram um it's the same thing like you'll have people say like yeah I don't like why and same with Myers-Briggs like I don't believe that and they would say kind of what I said yourself you're putting, you're projecting what you want to be. Maybe, maybe that would be the mm-hmm. root with it. Um, and also you're putting yourself in a box because you're saying that you're this mm. specific type of person, like where's the room for growth? Um, how, how do you change that? Or is this like what you always identify as? And I'm not so, so deep in the Enneagram that I could tell you how they deal with those types of complaints yeah. because I've just kind of like went into it on a surface level. But I know those are kind of complaints I had with it. And so what it turned out, I ended up being a four, which is the individualist. Um, and it's kind of like, I want to be different from everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of a little bit self-absorbed from what I read about it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could be kind of self-absorbed sometimes. So so I get it. Um, and And what's cool is I listened to these podcasts for a little while that it was just people that identify as the number four. Uh They talk about different life struggles that they've had 
and different obstacles they've had to go with their personality to be able like to invite other people into their life or be able to make meaningful relationships. And it's like a lot of the same struggles that I've had. So, so when you just listen to other people kind of living life in a similar situation that you have, it, it just kind of makes you feel like you're, you're not the individualist that you're claiming to be, right? Like there's other people yeah. that kind of had the same struggles that you've had. So, so it kind of puts you in a place where you're like, okay, like I'm not the only one. And it kind of gives you a sense of belonging, which I'm sure that astrology does the same thing. And a lot of these other personality, um, indicators kind of do the same thing they're telling you you know this is there's a lot of people that are like this but where it could get like I, th- I think a little worrisome for me is putting someone in a box and like mm-hmm. saying like this is who you are and you're never going to change that because I don't think that's true I think you can change who you are I think there's certain aspects of your personality that are going to be a lot harder to change I don't know if you'd want to change them but maybe there's certain aspects of your personality that's making it really hard to participate in society in a meaningful way or certain aspects of your personality. That's making it really hard to make meaningful connections with other Mm -hmm. people. And I think that's stuff you can work on and you can make better, you know, and I don't know if that would change your personality type or if that would just like, because then when you take that quiz, you'd be like, well, actually now I act this way in this situation if you're changing it. Right. So maybe that changes your personality type that I don't really understand. Yeah. Well, so two things, Vedic astrology has like a system for that. They, it's called like divisional chart. It has several systems for that actually, where it's like you have your birth chart, but then it has all these other charts called divisional charts. And then there's also um, a thing called a Dasha system, which is like planetary period. And basically means that like certain planets have more influence at different times in your life. There's all these different things um, to not like, belabor that point too much but I do think like Vedic astrology does kind of get into that like that you're not the same person as you were when you were born as you move through life and it has this you know with the whole like Indian Eastern Hindu kind of flaw it's not the same as Hinduism but they are used together a lot and so it has like that notion of like you have your karma you have your past lives like things you're supposed to work through things you're working through in this life and as you go through life, you're trying to like, but it uses it, it uses the term karma, you know, rather than like, you would talk about like obstacles or things that you're trying to work through, so that you can be better. And then some are harder than others. And then you have new ones, once you work through those ones, you know. Um, but then also, um, I think you're right with the personality type. Like, so I took, I was always like a little bit into Myers-Briggs, because yeah, people around me were, you know, and um, I, I can never remember actually what my personality type is. I haven't taken it in a long time, but um, I've gotten like INTJ and INFJ, I think. I've gotten different ones at different times. Like Cecil has always gotten the same one, my brother, for the listeners that don't know. Um, but Mariah knows Cecil as well because we all kind of were in high school together. But um so he's like always gotten the same one. I think I've gotten different ones throughout time and it's changed. And I think I could probably take it again and get something different. But um, I think it's all just, it's all just systems of understanding ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think as long as you're picking any type of system to better understand yourself and to better grow as a person, then like more power to you. I think that's a great thing. It could be through, 
Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, through astrology, or through just going to a therapist and having open conversations mm-hmm. about like where you are in the world, uh, how you view yourself, how other people view yourself, and how you want to grow, you know? Um, so, I mean, whichever tools you need to make that happen, I think is important because I think, well, even being a number four, they would say like, you feel so much in self-reflection, <laughs> which is what I do. And I think self-reflection is good for everyone. Everyone should self-reflect and take the time yeah. to think about like, um, how things are going in your life and what, like, what are you doing to make certain changes and whatnot? Yeah, totally. That's like, that's the approach I take. So. Thanks for letting me pick your brain about astronomy because I'm super interested in that too. I'm like, if I'm going to really invest myself in this system, you know, I guess the reason I choose astrology is because I'm like, I listen to like Brene Brown and stuff a lot. You know, I don't know if you ever listen to like, she has podcasts and she does TED talks and whatever. She's a psychologist and on her podcast, she sometimes has like guests that, um, and I've like, read or read different books like the self-help books and whatever like I'm all down that rabbit hole I'm all about it and um I think that even psychologists like I read one book about resilience and it was using this like sailboat metaphor and it's just all symbols right that even psychologists use like symbols to try and describe the point that they're trying to make and to help people better relate and make sense of certain things they're like frameworks and so I'm just like I'll choose astrology because it's fun you know, it's kind of like a little bit mystical. It goes along with yoga really well, you know, and it's like not trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so that's my whole point. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but I do like as a person who has, you know, I mean, I took up to physics two in college. Like I was three quarters of the way through an engineering degree when I decided that wasn't for me. So I'm like, but I still like, obviously some part of me cares about science you know and that's the whole like name of the show the science of life so I'm like I want to acknowledge those things so thanks for letting me pick your brain about that yeah thank you Rose for having me it was really fun to talk a little bit about astronomy I actually always love that lesson the astronomy versus astrology I don't know why I just think it's kind of fun to talk about (laughs) it is fun and um yeah yeah and I think um like I think any way to further um, explore yourself is uh, is good. Like, you know, I think no matter, I would never put anyone down for further exploring themselves. So whatever really. helps you, whatever tools you need in your tool belt to do that, I think you should continue doing it. Um, Enneagram, I don't know if it really works for me. So I'm still kind of trying to figure out what is it yeah. that's going to work for me as well. So, <laughs> well, that's why I like, I yeah. like to highlight them all. But, like, yes. So I like say on every episode, I'm like, yoga and astrology are like my thing. Those are the ones that I love and that work for me. But I think everybody should have some kind of framework for like mind body connection and self study. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not hating. And if you want to choose something else, I'm just trying to show the ones that work for me and highlight a few other examples. So yeah. So thanks for your time today. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rose. Have a good day. Too. that concludes today's episode thanks so much for sticking around as always remember to like share rate review you know all those things that give me the digital warm and fuzzies and keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars stay in the light bye
I'll see you next time.